0: Does this feel weird to you? I think I was sitting on the other side last week.
1: Yeah, I think so. Should we switch sides?
0: No, no, no. This is, this is my good side. This is my comfortable side. I just... Okay. Sitting here now, I'm realizing that it was wrong before.
1: Oh. So I I think this is the maddest Disney film we've watched yet.
0: Wow. Big statement. Yeah. Big statement.
1: I know. I just think it's so mad. Like every single second, I was like, "Oh my god, this is such a mad film."
0: <laughs> every single character? Is there anyone that you would exclude?
1: No, I don't. I don't know if every single character is mad. Like, I mean, I'm I'm down for everyone being mad in general, but like, I wouldn't read Ariel's sisters as
0: particularly. Oh mad. yeah, well, okay, main characters.
1: Yeah, but but yeah, I, or maybe Flounder isn't particularly. Mad, he's just kind of cute. Generic
0: dopey. Yeah,
1: yeah. But yeah, everyone else I think is pretty mad, but more just like all the possible mad readings, all the possible ways that you can view madness in each of the interactions and relationships.
0: Yeah, the relationships between who and whom, in what movie, and on what podcast. Asking the important questions here.
1: Our <laughs> ball. <laughs> in what month as well? It's very Disney important. December. Yes. For The Little Mermaid.
0: Mm-hmm. On the podcast that we call...
1: Madness and... Movies.
0: movies. What? Woo! Um, yeah. For the uninitiated, this is a podcast where we watch Movies. And we assume all the characters are mad until proven otherwise. <laughs> and we generally look at them and go, "I feel you, man. I feel you." And we like, we get it. We we empathize with the, the characters that nobody else is reading correctly because our interpretation is the correct one. Because Ariel is clearly uh, either trans or suffering from intergenerational trauma or is trapped in some kind of holocaust metaphor or definitely autistic, totally autistic, or just, like, chasing a man and, like, it's, like, way too, like, clingy and needy and shit.
1: Or all of the above.
0: Or none of the above.
1: Probably all of the above. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a much more likely option, but I need to I need to lay it all out on the yeah, table.
1: you have options. This is pro-choice.
0: Um, we should probably actually give the real slogan real quick, which...
1: Oh yeah, we find madness in the places where you least expect it
0: Yeah, so movie critiques But like, for the twist
1: mm-hmm. So, this week we did The Little Mermaid Yes And I will let you summarize
0: Oh, plot summary, okay uh, Little Mermaid, Ariel is the littlest mermaid Like, she's the youngest of them and she's obsessed with human things like dingle hoppers and what was the pipe called? I
1: don't know.
0: bob or something. Nah, a Bobs are corkscrews. Oh.
1: <laughs> Glad you remember this.
0: Yeah. Ariel's obsessed with people and she wants to be close to them and so she can't actually be close to them because she's a mermaid and she needs to be on the water. So by proxy she just collects all their crap. She's like a Seafloor scavenger. And her dad doesn't like that. And her dad's like, no, they will kill you if they go up there. They're fucking murderers. Humans are bad. Don't trust them. Stay down here. And she's like, but I want to go to the surface. And he's like, no, screw you. And he, like, burns down all of her shit mm-hmm. to punish her. And so then she's really mad. So she makes a deal with Ursula the Sea Witch.
1: She's also in love with a human. By <laughs> she's this. in
0: love with a human. She falls <laughs> in love with a human.
1: Named Eric. But she's she's always loved Humans and been interested, but
0: she, Eric is the particular one that she locked onto.
1: Yeah, she's kind of the—he's kind of the catalyst for the deal with Ursula and everything.
0: Yeah, so she makes a deal with Ursula that uh, she trades her voice for a pair of legs, and if she can make Eric fall in love with her within three days, she gets to keep him, and she gets her voice back, and she gets to live happily ever after above the water with Eric, happily ever after. The end. And if she doesn't, then she turns into, like, this, like, wiggly sea monster thing and has to, like, live in Ursula's cave, and that's really sad. So she goes up to the surface, and she's mute, and she's clumsy, and she's weird. But Eric kind of falls for her, and then Ursula goes, no, screw you, and Ursula turns into a human and uh, makes Eric fall in love with her instead by using sneaky magic. And... Then the deal goes, the 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 plan goes weird, sideways, and Ursula turns into a giant squid monster. And Eric stabs her with a boat, and then Ariel and uh, Eric live happily ever after because King Triton said they could.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. <laughs> so
1: we have thought of six or more, at least six, possible readings for this movie. Um, mad readings that could all be true or none of them are true or it could be some combination it's sort of whatever you want but they're all possible, fun exciting, mad interpretations
0: yeah, I think this is I don't know, this is a theme that I'm seeing more and more is that a lot of these narratives can be really they're kind of flexible, I guess that you can really find yourself in the narrative and There's a lot of different ways to interpret it, and a lot of different people have claimed these narratives in a lot of different ways. We did Frozen last week, right? And that's such a, like, seen as, like, such a, I don't know, gay pride, you know, Elsa's coming out. Um, And we didn't necessarily see it that way. But that's definitely a totally valid narrative, and there's a lot of ways to interpret that. And so that's where we're kind of seeing again this week, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I suspect we will continue to see. Mm Yeah. Yeah. So, so,
1: reading number one. Is drum
0: roll? No, and? no, no, drum roll. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is Ariel as trans? Um, Duh. <laughs> so, and I thought of this as she could be read as either transgender um, or mm-hmm. have a gender identity that's trans. I know that transgender isn't always the preferred term of use. Um, or she could be trans-abled. Um, that's people who are not physically disabled who, um, or who aren't born into physically disabled bodies who view themselves, identify as physically disabled and um, kind of have, often seek out surgery of some sort to become physically disabled. Uh, so I, I thought she could potentially represent either one or be read as either one or kind of a metaphor for either one.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. Like, I definitely felt like this was the cleanest, most, I don't know, obvious? Yeah. Uh, one, I right? That so, yeah. very much she is changing her body
1: mm-hmm.
0: in drastic ways that, that her family does not approve of. Yeah.
1: Her dad is pissed. Yep. And yeah um rejects her completely shuts her out says basically i never want to hear about this ever again if you talk of this if you think about it like i I don't want to know about it this is against the rules um disobeying me as your father disobeying me as king
0: um so big red line yeah and she just steps right across it like nope screw you
1: very, very common trans experience. Unfortunately, a lot of trans youth are rejected by their families. Totally combines with madness. You know, often leads to high suicide rates, and um, yeah, just uh, people being called mad, called mentally ill because they're trans.
0: Um, it's yeah, and it's almost like turned around on on them. Like who? There was someone that we were talking to who said like. Why would you ever inflict this upon someone? Don't you know that trans people commit suicide at such higher rates, isn't it so much better to keep them out of this so they don't kill themselves?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like
0: wait, oh, but 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 yeah, like totally turn that narrative around on them. Like like punish and shame them until they kill themselves and go, "See, I told you it was a bad idea." Yeah,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Um yeah, and then especially I think a lot of people who are transabled um there's beginning to be some amount of acceptance for people whose gender identity is trans, but for people who are trans-abled, I think there's almost zero acceptance around that. Or,
0: or awareness. This is the first I've ever heard of it. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Huh. I think it's is usually s- diagnosed in the DSM as bodily integrity disorder. Hmm. Um, Didn't know that existed. Yeah. It's, uh, I think that's used for people who want their arms and legs amputated. Um, hmm. today I was speaking with some people about Munchausen syndrome, mm-hmm. um, and that's something that's, you know, typically diagnosed to people who want to be sick or want to be kind of chronically ill. Um, I'm not sure if they identify as like transabled or not, but hmm. that's kind of another diagnosis for, yeah, people who want to change their bodies or identify as a different way than what their body
0: is. Um. That's fascinating.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, so another thing that I, I found really like that could be read as kind of part of the trans narrative is that um, Ariel makes this deal with Ursula um, mm. to change her body. And it's this very dehumanizing deal that does not have her best interests in mind. It's not about, you know, what do you, Ariel, what what do you want out of life or what do you want your body to look like? What kind of choice do you want to have? Um, it's more about how can Ursula profit? How can she get power through this? Um, how, how can she use this to meet her ends? Um, how can she kind of impose her will on what she wants the situation to look like and use Ariel's desire and her father's rejection to kind of take advantage mm. of the situation? And I think that's something a lot of trans people experience, that... Um, in order to get the gender affirming health care they need or, you know, body affirming health care in the case of transibility, they kind of are put through all sorts of psychological testing. They have to get therapists' approval. They have to get psychiatrists approval. They have to, you know, be declared mentally competent. Pay
0: through the nose for all of that.
1: Yeah, so so expensive. Um, and it's it's just very, very hard to find medical services that will be, you know, affirming of someone and want to work in someone's best interest and help them make the best choice for them as opposed to just kind of, um, impose their own will and say, this is what we think you need, or this is, this is what we think of your mental state and your ability to choose. And it doesn't really matter what you want. Um,
0: that's so interesting. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that because it, it, it seems so simple on the surface, right? Mm -hmm. Like Ariel want legs. Ursula gives her legs. Everybody wins. Move along, right? Like, it's it's not a scene that they linger on too much, I don't think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I, I don't think so, yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I, I just found it... I found the relationship between Ariel and Ursula to just be really fascinating because um, it's really important for trans people to have... Gender affirming healthcare, and so there is this relationship where they need the medical profession, and um, it's helpful in a lot of ways. But it's also um, it, it can be quite like a fraught relationship, and in many deal ways with I'm the violent. devil. Yeah, yeah, you might be say. Violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like the term term deal with the devil gets thrown around a lot, but I don't know. It kind of feels like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: do we want to move on to the next one? Do we? Do you have anything else?
1: I think we can move on to the next one.
0: All right. So our next one um, is kind of this. This is one of mine. It's I think essentially a lot of ariel's are kind of mirrors. Uh, I guess girls who either join the porn industry or I guess are trafficked or whatever somehow enter sex work which is, uh, from my understanding, keep keep in mind I'm not a girl who has been trafficked um, or in any kind of sex work, but my understanding from watching, whatever, I don't know, watching and reading and things is that generally, right, like it's, the stereotypical example is like bad home situation or at the very least like blowout fight with parents. And then... They start looking around online and they find and usually stumble across some kind of Craigslist ad looking for actresses, right? Like always actresses um, and, you know, maybe a Skype interview, maybe whatever will fly you out to, you know, say Orlando, like basically just take you out of your environment, take you out of environment, take you away from your support system, fly you out to wherever we are and you can act in our movies. And then sort of on the way or when they get there or whatever, it's like, oh, shit, I just signed up for porn. But they signed the contract and you've already got the, you know, and you've already gotten the flight and they are putting you up in a house and you've got a stipend. And like, ah, well, you know, like, you know, they just they make it really hard to say no once you're already in. And then once you're in, right, and that's the whole scene with Ursula pressuring, like, what? Hey, just sign the thing. And she's already making the potion. And she's putting everything together. She's got her whole story spun. And she's like, pull it, like, like not even waiting for Ariel to say yes or no. Just like, steamrolls her, just keeps talking, just keeps talking, and just keeps doing the thing. And it's like, you're doing this right. You're doing this right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they don't really feel like they can say no. And so they. Okay fine And then As sort of As time goes on There's more and more Like asterisks In the contract To like Ariel You get your legs Hooray We'll give you legs And take away your Swimming Mermaid lungs While you're 10,000 leagues Under the sea Oops Sorry Did I do that
1: Yeah I think she's Literally like By the way There's just this Little price I need your voice
0: Yeah yeah Just oh by the way <laughs>
1: you're not going to be able to speak while you're human.
0: After the whole pitch, after the whole thing at the end is like, "Oh, and also." Mhm. Right, and then even as it's even as her romance with Prince Eric is going along, like the eels keep coming and like fucking with her, and, like flipping over a boat, and it's like, "Oh, did I do that?" Right? Like there's just all these little like asterisks in the in the contract. Right? It just it keeps Little, little unforeseen, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, wrinkles in the plan that she wasn't aware of. And now she's already in deep and you can't say no now. What are you going to do? You're going to back out? You can't do, you can't back out now. Um, yeah. And so just generally this system of just, yeah, I don't know, steamrolling and kind of like, I don't know, I guess boiling the frog, but just like scalable oppression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um. And I mean, again, I said, take out of, you know, taking her out of her support system and her network and whatever, like literally like stick her in on land. Like, I don't know. It, it, it That very much felt like a familiar. Um,
1: but also not just taking her out of her support network, but it's it's like enough of a rescue, I think. Yeah. To be wanted in some way or to be like almost yeah. okay. helpful. Okay, that's
0: important. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's important to state
1: i I think yeah like ariel's father is very authoritarian um and rejecting her based on you know her passions and interests and love Uh. interest and ursula comes along and she's like you know like i get it like i know you want this i'll be able to give it to you i accept you kind of
0: yeah It blew my mind, like, watching this scene where, like, Triton, like, I don't know, whatever, like, explodes all of her, like, belongings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel like this was, like, a total, like, totally passable example of the, like, firm but fair dad. Right? That, like, I don't think he was supposed to be portrayed as, like absolutely ridiculous, and man, what an asshole you have yeah. for a dad.
1: Yeah, but... Like, he comes in
0: there, I consider myself a reasonable merman, and then proceeds to scream at her and, uh, again, smash all of her shit and then storm out. Yeah. But he's a reasonable merman, and she did, I mean, she did cross a line, and that's probably, I guess she inflicted that on herself, right? Like, that's that's kind of the line we're supposed to take, I think?
1: Yeah, I think so, but it's, like, such an adultist kind of bias that I think it shows like adultism that I think this there's the societal idea that yeah if, if kids act up in some way then it's kind of reasonable for parents to go in and just inflict some sort of terrible punishment until they're like fully depressed and crying and horrifically like yeah shamed yeah and we're like well yeah that kid was being bad and we had to do something about it she's a rebellious teenager and
0: then you wonder why they run away yeah
1: yeah you wonder why there are these situations like um sex trafficking or the porn industry or i was thinking even abusive relationships i think that's how they happen that people need to get away from their families and so they find themselves in abusive relationships. I was thinking cults, too. Yeah. Um, cults often offer sort of like a safe haven in some ways. Well, you're joining a family. family. Yeah, you're joining yeah. a new family. Yeah, and it's um, you know, you can get into attachment theory and um, people need attachment. That's like a basic human need like water or food and um, if they're being denied it by their parents, then like they're gonna find it somewhere else. Just or they're like, gonna try. Yeah, just like if you can't find if you can't get food from your parents like you're gonna go somewhere else so like um we're talking about basic human needs and so um unfortunately there are these like horrifically abusive industries and practices that come along and kind of
0: scoop people up
1: yeah like sort of offer rescue or offer the guise of rescue um and yeah i was kind of thinking about that with frozen too um i feel like that's a lot of disney movies but with Frozen, that um, Anna feels mm-hmm. so rejected by Elsa and by her family and so alone that she's, like, perfectly willing to just marry the first person that shows her any yeah. affection. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And,
1: yeah, falls into this kind of trap.
0: Yeah, and of course, in both cases, it's treated as, like, a total family yeah. catastrophe. Yeah. This is, yeah, that it's, it's shame and dishonor upon all of us. Oh, how could you? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I I wonder if that comes from a place of recognizing that a little bit. Yeah. That like I don't know that the the person who runs off and yeah marries someone or yeah, I don't know whatever goes and you know whatever does porn or something like that's seen as an admission that things aren't all right at home, and yeah, they're not getting the attachment they need, and now you're making me look like a bad parent and all that.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Suddenly that's out there in the world, that's public.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's
0: interesting. Just a theory.
1: Yeah, But yeah, I I think that's a very, like, youth rights, youth liberationist reading on The Little Mermaid and Disney, and yeah, I really like it. Um, Yeah. Are we ready to move on? I'm ready to
0: move on. What do we got for number three?
1: Intergenerational trauma.
0: Mm, 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 mm.
1: So, um, one reading, um, is that King Titan, Ariel's father, is just this horrifically abusive, terrible asshole. Um, and another reading is that he is severely, severely traumatized, and I don't think those are mutually exclusive at all.
0: I have a question. Is he immortal? I don't know. Because they speak of him, the the, the humans speak of him like the god of the sea, right?
1: Oh, yeah. But then
0: Ariel's only 16 years old and growing up fast. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, just how does that work? Like, I guess my my fundamental question is, is there a generation above Triton?
1: I don't know. I would assume so. Or maybe he's just seen, like... (laughs) tons of generations if he's, like, part god.
0: Oh, that he's immortal, but his daughters come and go?
1: I mean, isn't that... Didn't <laughs> Zeus have some of that, or... Maybe? Poseidon?
0: Is Titan...
1: Is Titan, like, a Poseidon type?
0: I think he's supposed to be kind of Poseidon-y.
1: Okay, so didn't the Greek gods, they, like, saw multiple generations of... They had... Demigods?
0: Of, like, demigods? Yeah, or? yeah. Hmm. Isn't that a thing? like,
1: Hercules, like, di- or... Achilles, I don't know. I don't know. know.
0: I don't. We clearly we were very well prepared.
1: <laughs> I don't know my Greek mythology. I took Latin for five years, and I don't remember any of this.
0: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: but yeah, so I don't know. I guess it doesn't have to be intergenerational, but we'll roll with that because that's the word that we have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, regardless, I think. He's seen a lot of trauma, or that's one
0: thing. Yes, super Um, clearly.
1: That the humans are basically, um, like, murderers and hunters of all creatures under the sea. Um, Mm. they hunt sea creatures and kill them and eat them. They trap them as pets, um, and...
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just horrible. Um, and... Yeah, I was thinking it could be, like, a, a genocide metaphor.
0: Um, oh, it's, yeah. No, it's, it feels like, I don't know, Holocaust is the easiest reference. The yeah. Closest at hand. But, yeah, like, holy shit, it feels like, yeah. I don't know. They're living in, what, France? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I think Did so. Did Jews in
0: France get... Uh, France was, came a little bit later down the line, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like Jews in France, like, watching what's happening in Germany and kind of going like no no
1: yeah stay
0: <laughs> stay far away do not touch
1: yeah 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 or or Jews in the US I think um now being like scared of certain places or yeah yeah um yeah so i think his abusiveness kind of came from, like, a partially good place of, like, or...
0: He's trying. He was
1: Yeah, he's trying to, like, protect her in some way and, um... protect her from the humans, and um, when she saves Eric's life, he basically says, like that was terrible, like, you saved a human, and she says, but he was gonna die, and he's like, that's good, that's one less human to worry about, like, <laughs> humans are the enemy, they have all the power, and, like, he's just doing whatever he can to, like, protect his people.
0: Yeah, 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 like, they can see the, I don't know, whatever, the the, the, the colonizers coming over the over the horizon, just like, no, no, yeah. no.
1: I was so fascinated by Under the Sea. Like, yeah. As a kid, I like never realized this. It's just a bounty <laughs> marimba
0: song with yeah. like, with a with a awkward Jamaican crab. What's? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's like so horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> because Sebastian the whole time is like, you have to stay here. It's like free. We're free here. Like up there, they trap us in glass bowls and like cages and they
0: trap us and eat us and kill uh, us and
1: boil us. Like yeah. <laughs> And he's, like, so scared for her.
0: Oh, horrified.
1: Um, And I felt like that also kind of went with the trans metaphor, too. Because I feel like a lot of families um, are not necessarily... transphobic, or they're, like, partially transphobic, but also just extremely, extremely terrified of how their kid is going to get treated.
0: Yeah, they if they see trans- what's happening in the world, and they're like, why would you ever subject yourself to that?
1: Right, right. And so, it's like, yeah, it's, um, you're, uh, it's, it's sort of like a victim-blaming thing, but it's, it's basically you know, they're almost justifying transphobia or saying, like, well, like, I don't care personally, but I just don't want you to get hurt. I don't want you to have to go out in the world and terrible things to happen to you. Um, yeah. And yeah. As if it's, as
0: if it's inevitable and unpreventable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as if they can't actively make it better or whatever. Um, But yeah, I just, I felt like you could totally see that in the way that King Titan treats Ariel. That he's, like, trying to protect her and ends up just being very abusive. And I felt like in smashing kind of all of her stuff, he was basically like, look, if I just get rid of it, if I get rid of the human things, then, like, she'll stop. She'll stop the silliness and, like, go back to normal and... Um, Yeah. She she just has to be normal, and then everything will be fine.
0: If I burn all the clothes you bought from, I don't know, whatever, the the other gender.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, like, if I just burn all of your clothes, then now you're just straight again, right? Like, you're just cis.
1: I honestly think that's, like, a lot of it, is I feel like parents believe that if they punish their kids... For acting like the opposite gender, if their son is playing with dolls and they just yell at him enough, then... You'll stop. Yeah, it'll scare him straight, and then he'll just stop, and then he'll be happier because he'll be acting the way that masculine people are supposed to act. Yeah, never
0: forget that scared straight was literally a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's, like, a big part of it. I think that's a big part of how my parents acted toward me. Like, they were just very scared um, of, like, yeah, that I I would be treated badly because I act weird. And so they were like, just, just stop it, and then you'll be fine.
0: Yeah, which, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it makes it extra interesting that then Ariel goes and, like, marries the... I don't know, the head of the mass murderers. I mean, this is essentially... Mm. Just, she, she's dating Hitler, right? Or at least a high-ranking high, high ranking Nazi yeah. officer. Like, whoa. And there's no peace treaty? Like, explicitly at the end, the chef that, like... His specialty is, like, seafood. He's, like, a, sea, a chef that specializes in seafood. He's still on staff, and he's still trying to eat Sebastian. Yeah. Like, there is no truce here. She just... Joins the other team, yeah, for love.
1: Yeah, that would have been nice if there was a peace treaty or something. Right? I like. Part of me like was starting to believe that there kind of was, or there were signs of it, because all the sea creatures and the mer people attended their wedding and seems really happy and. Yeah. Eric and Titan like kind of bow off to each other.
0: Yeah, they at least acknowledge each other.
1: At the end, and so I was like, yeah, like... But yeah, I don't know. There's no, like, official sign that they're gonna stop eating fish or sea creatures. But wait, so you asked me about Joseph Mengele during this. Can you say more?
0: So there's a whole scene where Sebastian, who is a crab, accidentally stumbles into the kitchen of the chef whose specialty dish is crab. And it just, it felt like... It felt like walking, like... Yeah, walking into... You, you, like, you know, Dr. Mengele, right? Nazi doctor doing all the ho- horrible experiments on, you know, just, just whatever. Like, well, if we inject them with a bunch of mercury, what happens? Oh, their eyes fell out. Isn't mm-hmm. that interesting?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It felt like that was what Sebastian walked into. Yeah. And it was, and, you know, it's just... Horrifying, And they have, but again, you know, it's a kid's movie. They can't play it up too much. But they have a couple shots of like, oh, and it's, you know, smash zoom on stuffed crabs. Oh, crash zoom on, uh, you know, a chopped up fish. And then he goes, ah, you know, and then and faints because he's surrounded by the corpses of his friends. And like, who've been like dissected and experimented upon in these horrifying ways and again this is the guy they keep on staff at the end this guy this mm-hmm. guy makes the transition very nicely and just just keep living his life and uh, under queen ariel
1: yeah although sebastian does kill him
0: you think that killed him i thought so I didn't think that killed him. I thought that was just another slapstick. Like, oh, he hit him over there with a frying pan and got away. Didn't he, like, go overboard? I thought he just fell over. Oh, I don't know. Crap.
1: Well, you tell us. listeners. Apparently. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, still. That nobody thought that was a problem yeah. is a problem.
1: Yeah, I just remember as a kid being like so terrified of that scene. And oh, now a, I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's terrifying. But I feel like people don't think of The Little Mermaid as like a scary movie. But oh my gosh. it is. It's really scary.
0: Oh, dude, the the scene at the end with where where Ursula like, like, you know, turns into the giant monster thing. Yeah. Like that is I think the exact the exact wording I wrote down. Giant Ursula is some kind of horrific Power Ranger acid trip nightmare thing. (laughs) Like, it's just... It's just... The darkest, like... Freakiest, like, I don't know, final boss fight scene that I can remember in any Disney movies that we've watched. Like, it's just freaky.
1: I just also feel like that scene where it's like Giant Ursula is just... In general how the patriarchy sees mad women, but we'll talk about that more.
0: Unless you want to skip right to it.
1: Yeah, we could skip right to it.
0: All right, shuffle in the order! Woo! Okay. So, So, go ahead and elaborate since we're already here.
1: So, the, I guess this is now the fourth reading, um, is that Ursula is mad or something.
0: Or something.
1: (laughs) She's... She's definitely, she does not conform to traditional definitions of femininity.
0: Oh, no. Um, no, no, no.
1: Typical ideas in Disney around what women should be like. And it's awesome in some ways. Um, it's
0: it, like when she does her, her line like, and don't forget about a little body language and like, wait, like shakes her butt at the camera. Like that's unheard of.
1: Yeah. You can't
0: do that in a Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know.
1: But also when she like goes off on this rant against the patriarchy, she's like men don't like women who speak. Like Yeah. She's like
0: Ariel's like, "What will I do without my voice?" She's like, "Oh, honey." <laughs> yeah.
1: She's like, "Don't worry about it. Like men men love women who don't talk." Like <laughs> They, they don't yeah. want you for your voice. They don't yeah. want you for
0: what you have to say. What do you say what'd she say, like noblemen think conversation is a chore and whatever like that kind of yeah.
1: Yeah, I just felt like she was like ranting against the patriarchy and Disney. I don't know. Part of me was like, is this movie teaching young girls like, look here, like if you rant against the patriarchy, if you talk about men in this way, you could end up like a big fat octopus like Ursula. tisk tisk.
0: Which is weird because she still makes jokes about how she's starving over oh. here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, but that's what
0: Poor um, withering away.
1: Yeah, but that's like such like a fat stereotype is that like fat people complain about being hungry. Ha ha ha.
0: Ha ha. It's like a <laughs> it's,
1: yeah, it's like a stereotype. Like they the, they're insatiable, right? Like Yeah. She's like yeah, and I feel like that's like a thing. She's like an insatiable woman who like says bad things about men and talks about body language. And
0: enjoys sex.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like totally bad, mad, evil woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So of course she has tentacles.
1: Yeah and she gets really gigantic and huge at the end and it's like see look women who do this are bad and scary and witchy.
0: monsters.
1: <laughs> yeah. And she's, like, I don't know. I, I kind of really like her. She, um, I mean, I think it's been pointed out by a lot of feminists that she's mm-hmm. a shrewd businesswoman.
0: hmm And
1: um, she, like, she was banished from, it sounds like, from royalty or something like that. From
0: something? Yeah, I didn't exactly understand that.
1: It made me wonder if there was some sort of, like, witch hunt. And hmm. she was, it was sort of like the Salem witch trials. And they were, like, look, you're a big fat ugly squid you must be a witch and Ooh. so she was like fine I am
0: I have a theory yeah I have a theory we were asking like who came before Triton she uh, came before Triton
1: maybe yeah that would make sense cause she said she was banished yeah and so she and she's like some constantly sort of coup? yeah so I think she's like try, yeah She she's like going about trying to get her power back in some way or another and she doesn't really give a shit who she has to step on to do it and yeah, um, in some ways, that's, I think, like, not what women should necessarily aspire to be. I think that's, I've, I've heard some feminists talk about, like, Ariel feminism and Ursula feminism. And Ursula feminism is kind of this, like, evil, villainous, like, overpowering type of feminism that is, disliked and kind of this idea of yeah like women shouldn't strive to be that and feminism shouldn't be about women like taking power and using it to oppress and i I completely agree with that but at the same time like part of me is like yeah how rare is it to see a woman in power a woman who's willing to like do what it takes to kind of get this violent type of revenge and i'm okay with it somehow
0: somehow i'm like reminded of cheryl sandberg
1: yeah. <laughs> right. She would be Ursula feminism. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And Hillary Clinton lean maybe. in everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think it's quite that because I think Sheryl Sandberg wasn't necessarily ever like powerless to start.
0: Hmm. I think she's
1: been privileged for a long time. Hmm. And I think Hillary Clinton too, maybe. Like I think, I think one difference is like they're white women. They're thin. Well, they're yeah. attractive. Like. Ursula is, like, fat and a squid, and she's, is she, like, of color, kind of?
0: Well, she's purple. It depends on how you (laughs) want to define color. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) So,
1: like, part of me is, like, I I think I'm more okay with Ursula. I'm, like, yeah, like, whatever you want to do, like, get back against, like, the, yeah, the, like, more thin, attractive feminists who have, like, had power for so long or whatever. Um. So yeah, I I think there's just really complex power dynamics.
0: Yeah, way more complex than you would expect to see in a whatever ninety minute kids cartoon. Yeah. Like I don't know. I I think you got to give Disney that. Like they do pack a lot into these things.
1: They do. I mean, I don't think they intended this much with the Little Mermaid. <laughs> like no. At the time it was made, I don't. I doubt they even like understood what being trans really meant um I don't know if it was like a do you think that was I mean well, obviously they, there was a trans community but I don't know if it was like mainstream enough where there could have been any sort of intentionality around it
0: and certainly when the original Little Mermaid yeah. was written that was not a thing
1: so I'm like fascinated by the original Little Mermaid I want to bring it up again um huh. after we talk about
0: okay, okay. we'll loop back around the final
1: reading but yeah yeah so, the next reading
0: yes is da, 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 da. I call this one loosely speaking uh I'm hedging. Oxygen causes autism. <laughs> I think that's the punchy stupid clickbait way to say yes. it. But yeah, that Ariel and she has some of these characteristics when she's below the water, but like re- like when she's above, when she's when she's put on land, she is, uh, clumsy, completely unaware of any social norms or cues and like completely nonverbal. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Those are, those are like big, well, and she's, you know, and when she's below the water too, she's a, you know, got one singular focused obsession. With the like human I, uh, world? Huh?
1: With the human world.
0: Yeah. With the human world. And I don't know, like it, it 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 checks all of the the box of like stereotypical autism. Like
1: yeah, I love it. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I just never get to see autistic women in film, and it's like finally.
0: Yeah, it's always your Sheldon Cooper's of the yeah. world, you know,
1: or like Edward Scissorhands, which I thought was still cool and way better than uh, than Sheldon Cooper, but. You know, you never get to see a woman who's autistic and like, like that stereotypically. And so, yeah, it's really exciting. Um,
0: I think they have one of those on Big Bang Theory, but Big Bang Theory sucks.
1: Yeah. Oh so. uh, well, yeah. I guess my Bialik's character is supposed to be maybe.
0: I don't know actor names. Okay. And you don't know character names.
1: R- Sheldon's girlfriend
0: yeah. Amy? Amy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. Okay, that's cool, but. um... Yeah, I don't know. I was really excited about the possibility of Ariel being art- autistic. Um, yeah. I love, for some reason, I just love this scene when she uses, she finds a fork and they're at this, like, fancy dinner and she starts she just, using it to, like, comb her
0: hair. Because it's not a fork, it's a dingle hopper. Yeah. It'll give you the most 80s hairstyle ever.
1: I love that. Yeah. Oh my god. So like she gets that because the seagull yeah is trying to teach her how to like teach her what human objects are and he like gets them all totally wrong. But he's uh, But like, he
0: but he's very confident and he yes. knows I think he knows he's bullshitting. Yes. He's I think he's I don't I never quite understood that if he's just fucking with her or if it like he's like stroking his ego and he's like ah she thinks I'm smart. I have to just go with this now. <laughs> But yeah, he's totally like he pulls a fork. is like, ah, a dingle hopper. Look, you stick it in your hair, and it makes hairdos. Dingle hopper, here you go. <laughs> then
1: he like puts it in his hair and fluffs his hair out, and is and he's like, look, it makes your hair so attractive. And I'm like, look, they're in the '80s. That kind of hairdo is really <laughs> attractive.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> That's yeah, how you yeah. know
1: I was really excited. I feel like I've always I've always felt like I've been born in the wrong decade, because my hair gets really floofy and poofy, and yeah. I feel like I was definitely, I would have been way more attractive in the 80s, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but anyways, I'm, I just love that scene, because I just feel like that's something I totally would have done as a kid. I think one time as a kid, I got really excited, because my mom's hair looks really silky and smooth, uh-huh. and we were at, like, this fancy dinner restaurant, and I just... <laughs>
0: Started like touching it?
1: Yeah, I like walked over and just started combing her hair and she got Whoa. really mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: How old? Four? Ten?
1: Mm, like seven or eight, maybe.
0: Wow, older than <laughs> I was guessing. Okay. Okay. It was
1: so silky and smooth. It uh-huh, was such uh-huh. an exciting texture. I was like, I have to
0: comb. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, so... I don't know. That just felt like a really autistic moment.
0: <laughs> it sounds like an autistic moment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, but I also... I really loved... Um, I kind of wish that she had stayed nonverbal in some ways. Mm. Um, But I loved when Eric, he's, like, searching for this, like, perfect woman... Yeah. Who has a voice and is like Ariel. And, um...
0: Uh-huh.
1: And, like... Yeah, I think his... Who is it? His, is that his dad? That guy? The older guy?
0: Uh, I think it's his butler. I think it's Batman and Alfred, you know? I think
1: oh, okay, it's- okay. So... Gosh, I wonder what happened to Eric's parents. Okay, so... Shh,
0: shh, shh, we don't have time.
1: (laughs) So, the butler, whoever, is like... (laughs) I didn't write
0: his name down either. Yeah, I
1: don't...
0: Who cares? Butler man.
1: I like him. But yeah, but he was like, okay, you can stop searching for the perfect girl. You have a real girl right here. You have Ariel. And I was like, oh, I really like that. Like, she's real. She's... And, and like, I don't know, it wasn't seen as, like, oh, she's autistic, that's bad. What a weirdo. Or she, she's so weird, yeah, they all, like, really liked her, and um, the butler and the maids and everything, they all were like, yeah, she's nice, and she makes you happy, and I was like, oh, this is
0: nice. Yeah, yeah, and I guess, yeah, speaking of that, like, it was weirdly, I, I was definitely expecting more of this, like, men talking about men things and... Ariel just kind of getting swept along in the man problems, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't know, like, at the end, King Triton, like, caves and, like, lets her go. Like, not because Eric saved him, like, Eric saves the king, let's be clear. Like, he kills Ursula and restores the king's powers, and, like, Triton doesn't give a fuck. Like, his only his only thing is he's... he's he looks at Ariel, like Ariel's like looking at Eric and Eric's looking at Ariel and Triton's looking at Ariel and he's like she truly loves him and everyone goes yeah, dude and he's like well alright then <laughs> yep. and that's like, I don't know like that was like a, a, a cool little unexpected moment yeah,
1: yeah I, like I don't
0: that. know
1: so for our final. Are we ready to move on yeah. to our final reading? Oh, yes, reading? please. Okay. For our final reading um, is that this is about um, the madness and the craziness of the idea that a woman might be the pursuer and chaser and desirer of a man as opposed to the other way around.
0: Horror of horrors.
1: <laughs> I think this is the first Disney movie where we actually get to see that, where it's like the woman initiates it, um, and like, yeah, she she basically like obsesses over him like an autistic special interest. Like she has like a statue of him and
0: oh, yeah. is like planning oh, and
1: plotting and yeah, it's so cool. We never get to see this, right? Like she's like planning and plotting and like yeah, doing everything she can to get his attention. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any other Disney movie with that. Um, But, yeah, I feel like that in the movie is part of what's seen as crazy and mad is that she's this woman who's fallen for this man, and she's, like, actively pursuing him instead of the other way around.
0: Yeah, it's all, you know, Ariel stop and Ariel be dignified. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. have a lot to add to that. I think you did that pretty. Yeah. Summed that up pretty tightly.
1: Yeah, I think so. I guess. So, yeah, one thing I'm wondering is um, just what the other um, versions of The Little Mermaid are like, I guess, or the original. I know there was like a few different movies.
0: Are we talking like, like Hans Christian yeah. Andersen, 1400s? What did he have to say about this?
1: Yeah, because it was like a horror story. I know that much. And right. she,
0: she gets eaten at the
1: end or something. Yeah. Or she becomes sea foam. So like yeah, she's given the three day deal, Uh um, and if she doesn't get him to fall in love with her by the end of three days, then she yeah she becomes sea foam, and um, I think at the end she's about to become sea foam. But she's told that if she can stab the prince in the heart, um, then and like if his blood touches her legs or something, then she'll turn back into a mermaid and can go back to the sea.
0: Wow. But, but she
1: can't do it and so she becomes seafoam.
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's a twist.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a horror story. It's like very, very scary. For some reason as a kid I like really wanted to watch it all the time. Um Wow. I feel like I watched it. Don't fall like- in
0: love, kids. Yeah.
1: yeah, okay, so that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> like is the original, was it, like, some sort of, like, warning fable to women? Like, be good now. Like, don't chase after a man or you'll become sea foam You'll lose everything. Like, yeah, no, like, exactly. Let the man, you know, fall for you and pursue you. Like, I, I'm really curious. like
0: Yeah, don't overstretch, right? Like. Yeah. I don't know. like I feel like that's a common, like, narrative, I guess, in, mm-hmm. like, cautionary tales is, like, Ah, uh, you, you you overreached, and if you'd only like held back just a little bit, if you had some amount of restraint,
1: yes. you wouldn't
0: be in this position.
1: Yes. Yeah, I really wonder if yeah. that's it.
0: Yeah, because I think what you're restraining yourself from says a lot about the culture making the movie or mm-hmm. making the story, I guess. you know, Obviously not movies if we're going way, way, way back, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah, or is it... I also wonder if it's sort of like a purity... Thing to like a she's so in love with him and yet even though he's in love with someone else she doesn't stab him and she just lets herself become seafoam and sacrifices herself for his happiness like
0: maybe yeah, I don't know it almost feels like it almost feels similar to like the Garden of Eden thing again like
1: yeah. Like I think I think
0: that's in the same genre. Oh,
1: interesting. Yeah. The,
0: the the woman overreaches and is punished for her ambitions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be curious to like learn more and see what feminist critiques there are of it.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Cuz man, yeah, especially yeah just laying it out like that, like that is horrifying. Yeah. And fascinating at the same time. Mm-hmm. Dude. History was such a fun, awful time. Not fun. I said fun, but I didn't mean <laughs> it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it never stops. Nope. The past is never gone. It isn't even the past. Okay. Should we do a quick round? A speed round? Last? Yes.
0: All right. Yeah. No start shy. You can. All right. Um, yeah, a lot of my miscellaneous notes are just confused questions. Why is she friends with Flounder? How do they meet? What do they have in common? How does any of this work? Like, like, I guess by the time we meet them, like, Flounder is just that dutiful friend who, like, she just kind of uses and ignores, I guess. But, like, how do you get there? I don't know. That, That confused me. Yeah. Your turn.
1: Okay. Um, the first character you see is the prince, and um, is Eric, and he's, like, on this ship, and... Are we talking
0: besides the generic fisherman?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but not... I'm saying as opposed to Ariel. Like
0: Okay, yes. Yeah, okay. you see
1: the humans first, and huh. they're all talking about, like, have you heard of King Triton? And then... Um,
0: Mm. You know, kind
1: of, like, discussing it. And then uh, the butler is like, oh, that's all nautical nonsense. Yes. And <laughs> there was just this, like, tiny, tiny part of me that was wondering if the whole thing was, like, Eric's hallucination.
0: <laughs> As he's, like, drowning or, like, drifting out to sea.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the answer is a hard no, or that's not, like, a super interesting reading of it at all.
0: Yeah. But... Yeah, just that he dies in the first scene, and as he's dying, his brain is like, what if I was rescued by a mermaid?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I still just thought it was, like, interesting that, yeah, like, the whole underworld is, like, nautical nonsense. But I guess that's... I wonder if, like, that's sort of how oppression is justified, and how the species side is justified that they're like, oh well, they don't really have a history. They don't have a people. That's all nonsense. And yeah. we can just kill them and eat them and it's fine. Yeah.
0: That that got dark.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> can okay. always count on me for that. Yeah. God, Sebastian, okay. Sebastian is so I don't I don't know if this counts as an arc. I think he, he might just be like wishy-washy or kind of goes with the king or goes with whatever the mood is. Like, I think he plays tough. But definitely, like, at the beginning when Triton is angry, Sebastian is angrier. Like, Triton is like, oh, Ariel, what a pain. And Sebastian's, like, egging him on. Like, oh, if I was her dad, I'd show her what's what. And Triton's like, yeah. Yeah, actually. But then at the end, like, Sebastian is the one who convinces Triton that, like, Ariel really loves him and, like, I don't know. Like, he's just so flip-floppity all over the place.
1: See, I didn't see it that way at all.
0: Okay, you saw an actual arc in there?
1: Yes, I I, have a very specific moment that I wrote down in my notes that I was really happy about. Um, Sebastian is, like, um, Ariel has just made the deal with Ursula. And Sebastian is, of course, freaking the fuck out and, like prancing and piecing around and around saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Maybe if we can just talk to Ursula again, we can just get you to go back to normal. He says something about being normal, like being a normal fish again. Uh And then he stops and he's like, and be miserable. And he
0: has. Because he stares at her and like, he's like, and you would just be. And she's like, she makes like sad face. And he's like, just be. And her face gets sadder just be completely miserable forever and she's just like giving him like sad puppy eyes
1: yeah I really think that yeah that this was the moment this was like his arc um where he came to realize that like um yes she might be protected for the rest of her life she might never be hunted by these humans and stay safe from them um But, you know, at what cost? Like, she's paying a price either way. Um, Mm. And I felt like that only happened through getting close to her and getting to know her. Like, at first, he was only close to Triton. And then Triton basically says, you're going to watch over her all the time and go with her all the time. And so he, like, starts to really care about her and understand things from her point of view. Yeah. I loved his arc.
0: Okay. You've convinced (laughs) me. You've sold me on him.
1: (laughs) Okay. I also wondered if he was a little mad.
0: I don't have anything specific for that other than just that he's, like, one of the most emotional characters in the movie. Yeah,
1: he's like a warrior.
0: I mean, kind of like what I was saying, like, when someone's mad, he's really mad. And Mm. when someone's happy, he's really happy. And when someone's sad, he feels sad for them.
1: Yeah.
0: Very empathetic, but then he tries to play tough, but then he's, like, not.
1: Yeah, I like him. I don't know. I feel like
0: yeah. he's like hyper Just he's a little neurotic. I felt okay. Yeah. Okay. I can I see. I liked it. it. Yeah. Um, mm-mm, let's see. I was really interested. There were little Ari- uh Ursula, borrow well, whatever. Contractually receives Ariel's voice and then like uses it to seduce Eric. But it's not quite Ariel's voice because there's little bits of, I don't know, I call them unclassiness, I guess, is the word I'm going to (laughs) use. Little things where Ariel talks kind of floaty and like, oh, of course, of course, dear prince. And Ursula has like hard R's, like really, Mm -hmm. that mermaid. Mm -hmm. Like really, uh, yeah, yeah, really like hard R's and like, like it's, Kind of classy, but then, like, little bits of unclassy just, like, s- scattered through there. And that was really interesting to me. Yeah. But, like, I wonder, yeah, what they're borrowing, what, what accent they're borrowing from to make it less classy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you make her a little more Boston or something, I, I don't know. I think it
1: was a little Boston or maybe a bit of New Boston. York or Yeah, something. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. I felt like, I, I felt like, was there some, like, Jewishness <laughs> in it at all, like... I didn't like, get that, but... Okay. I don't know.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Could have just been, like, northeast.
0: Maybe. It, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's
0: interesting. What
1: you got? Um, okay, my last note is just that Um. Ursula calls Ariel a tramp When, um, when Ariel is, like, starting to when Eric's affection oh
0: that little uh, tramp is better than I thought she'd be
1: yeah 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 um, so I just thought that was really interesting that yeah that like I feel like Ariel is like crazy yeah she's, she's seen as crazy or like slutty or whatever for like pursuing this guy or,
0: but that was the whole deal right right like that was the whole thing is like go seduce him and then go ah look at her
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe she's done this yeah.
0: What's she doing? Exactly what I told her? Why would she do that? Yeah, yeah. She's using her body language <laughs> That's all I got
1: Cool So now you have to tell us Which reading you agree with most
0: Yes, clearly
1: None of the above is an option
0: Yeah not a great option. If if it's none of the above, you have to pitch an alternate. That's yeah. The, that's the thing.
1: And it cannot just be, this is about a mermaid, falls in love with a human. No, it's got to be a metaphor for something. Read into things, people. Overanalyze.
0: We do it all the time.
1: Yeah. It is no fun to just take things literally. Yeah. Unless you're, like, doing it in a specifically autistic way, like, yeah.
0: I don't know. Yeah, that's, like... That's like on Groundhog Day, like our first podcast, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, there's all these theories, you know, how long was Phil in the in the dream? How long was, you know, how many days The times do you have to repeat it? And then someone asked the screenwriter, he's like, oh, I was picturing about 300. I'm like, yeah. well, that's no fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 Have fun, people. Also, yeah. Feel free to offer a new interpretation. Feel free to combine them. You know, yeah.
0: Expand on my Nazi metaphor. I really <laughs> feel like there's something here. Yeah. She's totally dating Hitler. Yeah. I'm just putting that out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh. Cool. Yeah.
1: We have one more Disney December movie. So yes, we do. Stay tuned for that.
0: Yeah, and then we'll be back in January. Yep. Which comes after December. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With more movies.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We look forward to hearing from you. Mad love.
0: Bye.